I'll never forget. There was a moment where uh, our board and our finance team, we came to a number that we could afford to be able to release as it pertains to a lease on this building. And we're like, okay, this is the number. We can't, you know, this is, this is where it is. This is where we can be. And I actually ended up, you know, because we have connections in India. And so I'll never forget this negotiation. Mans were in India, in the bathroom on WhatsApp, standing in the corner, trying to get reception talking to our real estate guy and you know trying to work through this stuff and trying to get the offer and the details and all this stuff put in on this property and so anyway the um, real estate agent comes back to us and he says he says to us he goes uh the owner of the building said no to your proposal and I offer because we wanted this place man we're like this is an opportunity for us to grow and see God do mighty things we wanted the place and so we offered and started at the max that we could get that we could do and the man said no and so at that moment i was like man this is horrible this is this sucks this i thought this was god god made this clear to us he put it before us as if this was his plan come on somebody i'm trying to inspire someone's faith today but in that moment I'm like, doesn't seem like it. I don't see how this is going to come to pass. Now watch. So I call up my pastor. How many of you know pastors need pastors? Yeah. A lot of guys are out here rogue doing it by themselves. That's not us. I have a pastor. I have a bishop. Those that I'm submitted to. Those that I walk with and that walk with me and offer us counsel. And I called him and I will never forget what he said to me. I am in India I am trying to get reception, trying to work on this deal. We had obeyed God and decided that we were getting rid of our office space that we had when God told us to, uh, when we were renting the movie theater. We made it clear that we're not going back to the movie theater. And here we are now with them rejecting what we're able to do. <sighs> How many of you know God is the God of the in-between? I'm going to talk to somebody today. So Pete, so Pete, I talk to my pastor and I'm like, pastor, listen, man, well, you know, this is God. So because it's God, then we're going to, you know, we can stretch, uh, we can stretch. So I know this is the number that we said, uh, but, God, but you know, this is the number he's asking for. Let's just go to the number that he's asking for. Let's go. I mean, we can do this, you know, we sell some chicken dinners, you know, uh, somebody put on a dance. Uh, veggie chicken dinners for the, for the vegans and the <laughs> and we're like you know we're gonna do this we'll get the thing you know we could just pay the man what he's asking how on earth can we lose this place with such an opportunity before us and we don't have anywhere to go if this thing don't work out what on earth are we gonna do and I'll never forget my pastor says to me, he says, Andrew, he's South African. He's like, Andrew, leave room for God to be God. Anybody ever says something to you that was a drop the mic? It was just one sentence. I'm like, well, just light me up then, fam. I mean, like, so there in India, he's just said, leave room for God to be God. 
And I was like, but pastor, but I'm starting to wait. He's like, believe room for God to be God. If it is what, if this is for you and God said this is for you, you're not going to have to compromise to get it. I don't know who I'm talking to on today. You're not going to have to uh, bend over backwards. Come on, somebody. Uh, what God has for you is for you. You don't have to lie. You don't have to cheat to get it. Come on. You don't have to sleep. With, I don't know if I'm walking down anybody's room. You don't have to brown nose to get it. You don't have to come out of character. You don't have to uh, give up culture. If God has it for you, it is for you. Come on, somebody in this place. Listen. So then look what Jesus, I'm like, I don't know what on earth I'm sitting here trying. So my idea was give the man exactly what he's looking for. And God's idea was let me be God and let me do what I told you I'm going to do. Two twos after I hung up with the man and my pastor said what he said. The aid, they, they end up calling back and saying, watch, we found a way for us to get what we want. And for you to pay what you want. Look at this clause. Look at this line. Look at this here. And we vetted it with our lawyers. We vetted it with our accounting. And it made sense. And two twos, God made it to where the person got what they wanted. And where we were able to pay what we were able to pay. Y'all aren't hearing me on today. I didn't even know that thing was possible. It was something that just popped up in the system. That was able to make things work. Come on. So that God, his word and his promise was going to come to pass and we did not have to go out of ourselves in order to get it I don't know who I'm talking to on today but God has made a promise to you there are things that he has called you to and the temptation is for us to meddle in the promise and to figure out how he's going to do it but I'm just declaring over someone today even before we get into text that you're not going to have to mess with it you're not going to have to figure it out come on somebody that God is able come on to do all things above and beyond what you could ask or think while you're thinking of ways he's already thought of ways somebody ought to give him praise right there listen man and so now we've been here for the past and that's why I said God gives you stuff and adds no sorrow to it for the past now three going on four years we were in here and even when no one was in the building because we're a generous church not one payment was missed come on somebody we not only grew but we were able to continue being a blessing uh, as you are seeing is the heart and the DNA of our church and so I remember as I think about this this story of Abraham and Sarah and God tells Abraham and Sarah, he says, I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you. So remember, they're picking up everything and moving on. They're picking, on, picking up everything, moving to someplace that they've never seen. So crazy. But then he tells him, I'm going to multiply your seed as the stars of the sky. Only one problem, don't have no children. And Abraham is 75 years old. And so, this is crazy when you think about it, and it's like, wait a minute, uh, it's 30, 40 year olds, people having, you know, difficulty around childbearing, and you're telling me at 75 years old that you're going to multiply my seed as the stars of the sky? 
You know, a lot of times we read these stories in scripture and we don't really put them in perspective and think about them like if this stuff was actually going to happen on today. And so the promise that God made, he made it knowing about where Abraham was and where Sarah was and where they were uh, in position, where they were as it pertained to, to the call that he had on their life. And so in Genesis chapter 15, I'm just going to note this and move on. In Genesis 15, after God makes this promise, fact is that Abraham, in verses, uh, in, in verses 1 through 6, he starts expressing frustration. He's like, well, God, well, God, you're saying that you're going to do this, but I don't have any kids. Isn't it crazy when we be telling God stuff like he doesn't already know it? It's like, God says, I'm going to give you a house. But God, my credit score, God. Come on. When God says, I'm going to restore your family. I'm going to restore your family and break generational patterns. Oh, I felt that right there. And you're like, but God, look at my money situation. And look at how people have managed money through in my family and in my bloodline. We always tell God stuff. Come on, when it is that he is attempting to do the miraculous, the miraculous in our lives, we start listing our limitations. Well, here's point number one for you on the way to the close. Don't let your limitations stop you from looking forward to God's promise. Don't let your limitations stop you from looking forward to God's promise. If God said that he is going to do it, if God said that he is going to bring it to pass, it, he, he took your limitations into consideration. Come on, somebody. If he's called you to do it, he is going to bring it to pass. It's not, uh, he, he has taken your limitations into consideration and is declaring that there is nothing. Somebody ought to shout nothing nothing that is too hard for the lord stop telling jesus when he comes to you uh, uh, to, to, to try to change your situation about that which you are facing i remember uh, the guy in john chapter 5 write it down check out the story later uh, there are people that are there that are being put in a pool at a place called bethesda because every time the water was troubled and they would be put in the water they would get healed the person that would go in there when the water was troubled and there's a guy that shows up uh, that's there and he's on a mat and he's been there for a long time and he's lame and he has difficulty. And the one who is responsible for the troubling of the water, the one who makes, who has given and granted that the water would be, have the ability to heal, shows up to this gentleman and says to him, will you be made whole? And the gentleman starts saying, well, you know, when the water is troubled, uh, you know, I don't have anybody to be able to put me in the water. And when this happens, then, you know, uh, the fact is, and he starts telling Jesus about his limitations as if Jesus did not take these things into consideration. Man, it's time for us. Come on, I'm going to sound cliche for just a little bit to stop telling God about our limitations and start telling our limitations. Come on about our God I wonder if it's somebody in here today that can declare and know and understand that this God that has created everything is greater than any obstacle that you are standing in front of I dare you to cling to his word instead of your problems I remember when we started this church man and you know my wife and I 
in our basement. We were there. We were praying. And uh, I don't know if she's, uh, went, you know, I mean, we've talked about this story a number of times, but there in the basement and it was just our, after our anniversary and she admit she agreed and said okay we're gonna go ahead i'm with you we're gonna plant this church and we're like god who is gonna come you know we left serve city uh or we left rather toronto um you know we lived in the states for 14 years because a lot of people think oh y'all are from toronto you're always talking about malvern 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 i left malvern for 14 years i came back home i didn't know anybody all of the mandem and from the block or either locked up or gone away or you know was, i didn't know anyone there was no one around come on somebody and so i'm like what are we going to do who is going to come to this church that was the question that my wife and i asked and i'll never forget my wife's aunt has a farm in peterborough had a farm and so when we pray this prayer and just say yes to the lord despite the limitation that we didn't know anybody we go to peterborough about two hours away from where we were get on a farm and while i'm there on the farm i end up there on this farm in peterborough end up seeing my friend annika who i had not seen come on she might even be an online host right now in the chat i don't know she is in the chat okay annika and annika is there i went to school with annika at bathurst and finch and I had not seen Annika in over 20 years. And now I show up on a random farm in Peterborough. And Annika and her daughter are there. And we go to talking. Come on, somebody. And when we go to talking, I find out Annika, just before I even start talking about church planting, Annika says, you know, I'm in a season of my life where it is that I am, uh, my daughter and I, we are praying to find a church to plug into. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Guess what? We are planting a church. Come on, somebody. I'm like, this is crazy. Look, look, look. And so then I ask her, because remember, we started in Morningside Movie Theater. But the thing is, I went to school with Annika at Bathurst and Finch. And I remember when we used to be on that Finch East bus, she used to get off, just putting all her business on blast, she used to get off at Don Mills and Finch. So I'm like, man, we're starting a church. Where, you know, uh, you know where, where is it that you live? And she says, I live at Nielsen and Sewell's, which is literally down the road. Come on, somebody. From the Morningside movie theater when we start, where we started. So I hadn't seen her in over 20 years. Buck up on her at a farm in Peterborough. She is praying for a church at that same time. Come on, somebody. And lives down the street from where God was starting Serve City and causing amazing things to happen. And to this day, she's still a part of this church and was the first person. Oh, y'all. I'm telling you you present instead of presenting god with your limitations present him with your yes come on somebody i dare you right in the i just felt that right there i dare you right in the face of the giant in your life to give god a yes i mean when the people in your face because sometimes the limitations are preaching and they sound louder than the promise of god come on but when the limitations start preaching you ought to open up your mouth and get even louder come on somebody when they start telling you that your past is a hindrance and you know how many beds you were in you know to tell them if any man be in christ come on somebody he is a new creation i don't know who i came to preach to all things are passed away behold all things someone shout i think 
become new. Come on, somebody. That the fact is that no matter what I've done, I've left it behind and I'm new in Christ. I feel this thing all You ought to yell louder than the limitations that are in your face. Listen, man. Abraham expresses frustration. He's like, man, I don't have any kids. How on earth, God? You haven't given me no kids. Does it make any sense? And then uh, what he ends up doing uh, is in Genesis 16, uh, verse 1. I hope you're still there. I want you to note this. Let's look uh, at Genesis 16, verse 1 through uh, and on, Genesis 16, verse 1 and onward. Bible says, now Sarai, uh, this was Abram's wife prior to their names being changed to Sarah and Abraham, uh, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant. Come on, somebody. Whose name was Hagar. Everybody say Hagar. Bible says, and Sarah said to Abram, uh, behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Can I just let you know, sometimes you think the Lord has prevented you from stuff. Uh, it's just, it's not that he's prevented you. Come on, somebody. Sometimes uh, he is just protecting you until the things that are necessary for the miracle to come to pass. He has lined them in place. There are many of you that think uh, that the thing that is hindering you from experiencing what God has promised is something that God has uh, done to stop you but oftentimes it's just uh, not about uh, it's not about him preventing you it's about him preparing you so look what she tells this man to do go into my servant in other words he says go smash just what she says she says go sm anyway <laughs> that's the that's the the new hood version that's it it may be, watch, it may be, see, a lot of y'all are building your life on a maybe. Making permanent decisions on a maybe. Woo-wee. Look, look, look. Listen, she said it needs to be in writing. A lot of y'all going off of what they said instead of what you signed. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> listen, you better preach, babe. So look, go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. He's like, bet. He's like, you're, you're, you're like, you're telling me to go do this? Like, he literally, anyway. Verse 3, it's in the text. He said, Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. <laughs> so, so after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And she looked with, and then watch, and he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Ah. And Sarai said to Abraham, may the wrong done to me be on you. Hold up. Pause, fam. Hard pause. Like, what on earth? 
you told me to go and jump her bones. And then now you are going to... Okay, anyway. Now it's my fault? Y'all need to do a podcast on this or something. I know. So look. And when she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to you to embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between me and you. This is insane. So watch. She positions herself to where God makes the promise to Abraham and Sarah. And because she has declared over herself that God has prevented me from having children. Instead of leaning into the promise, she makes up a prevention. And then she goes on and builds a future based on a maybe. Sounds like a lot of us, man. And peep. Because, so then now, I want you to understand this. I want you to note this. Uh, here it is. In the, number three. Um, no, no, number two. God doesn't need a hand in the orchestration of his plan. God doesn't need a hand in the orchestration of his plan. So we present our limitations to him. We build on, we build on maybes and it positions us uh, to where we are trying to orchestrate. Come on. You know, when I was growing up, my grandmother used to say, too many cooks spoil the broth. In other words, when too many people are in there trying to make stuff happen, come on somebody, all we need is one chef. Come on somebody. I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows that God does not need a hand in the orchestration of the plan that he has for your life. Numbers, you're trying to figure it out like I said. No, let's just give the man the money that he's asking for. And God's like, no, 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 fam, watch. Because I, I wasn't trying to be a cheap guy. There are too many of us that want our blessing, but we arms others. To be, okay, I hope they know what arms means. <laughs> but we arms others or we slight others in um, the process. And God was like, no, I'm going to bless the I'm the owner and I'm going to still do what I said in the process and the fact is that many of us are attempting to put our hands in the pot and God is like take your hand out the pot his thoughts are not our thoughts his ways are not our ways you got to get Isaiah 55 verse 8 through 11 write that down and make sure that you remember this because watch here's point number three interfering with God's plans watch adds drama and lessens our revelation of his power. Fick it, fick it. Interfering with God's plans adds drama and lessens our revelation of his power. The drama that came to Abraham and Sarai's life or Abram and Sarai's life at the time was because they were interfering with God's plan based on a maybe. Instead of waiting for God to bring to fulfillment that which he had promised on their life despite the things that were standing in their way. Are you with me? The woman that she sent her husband into ends up looking at her with contempt. Ends up shading her. Because she's able to have a child 
and Sarah still has not had a child. Where is there drama in your life because you've taken stuff into your own hands? I'm right there to witness with you. In my life, there's some stuff I'm navigating and dealing with. And it's because I kept putting my hand in the pot. God, it adds drama to our lives and it lessens the revelation of God's power. Watch, the reason why God decided decided to do what he was going to do in your life, even with those limitations, is because he was going to demonstrate and desire to demonstrate his power in your life. Because it wasn't about you. Because he does not call the equipped. He equips the call. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Man, I remember in Exodus chapter 4. When God calls Moses. I'll never forget. He calls Moses. And he tells him that I'm going to use you. To be a deliverer of uh, the, my people. From Egyptian bondage. And in Exodus chapter 4. Uh, verses 10 and onward. The Bible says. But Moses says to the Lord. Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. Either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. In other words, he had a stutter. And so when God tells him, I'm going to use you to go and deliver the people of Israel, he says to the Lord, he's not eloquent. He says that he's slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, somebody say, but he said. Oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff which you shall do signs. Oh my. Abraham. <laughs> Moses is called and he starts talking about his mouth as if God did not take that into consideration when he called him. A lot of times when we think about these biblical heroes, we often think about them as some superstars that had it all together when God called them. Abraham is like, Moses is like, man, my mouth, I stutter. He says, I have a stutter. And God says, I want to use you despite your stutter so that when you show up, come on, somebody, people are not going to follow me based upon your eloquence. They're going to base. They're going to follow me based upon the power that is manifest in and through your life. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm telling you, many of you have been presenting to God saying, God, but God, I can't speak well. God, I'm not educated enough. God, I'm not to the place where I have the stature or the looks or whatever is being required. And God is saying, I haven't called you to do it based upon those things that are your limitations. It's based on my power. Aaron, Moses' brother, ends up being his spokesperson but not because it was God's will initially for that to happen. Text says, God in his anger. God in his anger assigns Aaron 
to be Moses' spokesperson. And so instead of Moses being used by God, even with his stutter, to be able to demonstrate his power, it lessens the revelation of God's power. And in God's anger, he gives him, a mo it gives him an errand to be his mouthpiece. There's stuff that oftentimes happens in our life, not because it was God's plan A for your life. But it's because even after God told Moses what Moses, what he told Moses, Moses still was relying on his limitations. And God says, all right, since you don't want to allow me to demonstrate my power in and through you in the purest form possible, here's Aaron. Are y'all still with me? And so it's nuts because I love the fact that, again, Abraham was a hundred. So 75 when God initially made the promise to him, and he was a hundred when the promise actually came to fulfillment. Sarah was 90 years old when his son Isaac was born. I want you to understand, this was, this was 25 years in between the promise. But the fact of the matter is, watch, that all Abraham needed to do in between the promise and its fulfillment was to trust and obey. There are many of you, because you're saying, you think that, uh, there's some of you, that you're idle in this season, or things aren't going as fast as you think you should do, they should be going, and as a result, this is why you're building on a maybe. But says you're like, well, I don't see something happen, so maybe I must have to do this, this, and the other in order to see this thing happen in this season. And God is saying, all you have to do is obey what I've told you to do, and watch me make up the shortfall. Watch me Bring this thing to pass just as I have said it. Are you with me? God ends up doing it. He ends up giving them a child just as he promised that he would give them the child. And it's a powerful thing because he is one that is able, trust and obey. And I just want you to note this. All they had to do was trust and obey. I want you to repeat this. Never forget this. A number of years ago, and I always share this. Because God's promise came to pass. There was a couple in our church, and if you've been in Next Steps, you've heard me share this story because I share it all the time. What I love and what is amazing to me is that, you know, in the scripture, we're always repeating the same stories over and over again. The woman at the well and all these various stories, which are great stories. But the fact of the matter is that we are living stories. And God is at work in our lives. Come on, somebody. And I'll never forget many years ago, and there was a couple in our church um, by the name of Helen and Richard. And Helen and Richard, I'll never forget, I was down in my basement and I was fasting and praying. And as I'm fasting and praying on this random Wednesday, the Lord told me, I heard him specifically impressed on my heart, you need to call Helen and Richard to the front. And you need to prophesy to them that I am going to do a miracle in her womb and that I'm going to give her a child. And so, unbeknownst to me, I don't know the magnitude of the situation. However, they had been praying for a child. They had tried, in their case, in vitro fertilization a few times and failed. And her tubes were so closed that when they tested and they shot the dye in there, that the dye shot back out. 
And so it was to the place where they were discouraged and stuff was looking crazy. And I'm down there in the basement fasting and praying. God said, I want you to call them up and prophesy that I'm going to do a miracle. I'm going to do a miracle in their life. So I'm sitting there like, Jesus, you want me to call these people up there and say, what, Lord? I'm like, let me just, let me just test and make sure this ain't the Taco Bell. Like, let me just. So anyway, that night we had Wednesday night prayer meeting. Church was full. And I said, <laughs> Helen and Richard, come here. God told me to tell you something. They come to the front. Pastor Chantal was there. I actually had her to come and put her hand on the belly. Amen. And we laid hands. And I declared to them, God's going to do a miracle in your life. God's going to give you. Uh, do this. I didn't want to put all this stuff on blast. But I told them they knew what I was talking about. So anyway, the church heard. And time started going by. And I would go and look at that belly and I'm just like, oh God, it looks the same, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, God, please don't tell me it was that cheese quesadilla. Please don't tell me that, that crunch wrap supreme, Jesus. I don't know. So, so anyways, time comes, peep. Seems like almost a year had gone by. And I am in my office at home, y'all. And I'm sitting, nine months went by. Oh, wow, okay. Nine months went by. Thanks for the details. And I'm sitting in the office, peep. It's about to be Mother's Day. And as it's getting ready to be Mother's Day, I'm like, Jesus, what am I supposed to preach this Sunday? Are y'all tracking with me? And Jesus is like, I want you to preach the story of Hannah. And how Hannah could not have children and God gave her children. And it was insane because in that moment, I'm like, Jesus, Helen is going to be at church on Sunday. <laughs> Worse than that, the whole church is going to be there on Sunday. And they heard what I said, and now I'm gonna get up here and preach about how you gonna how you can do this and all this stuff and whatever. And he's like, preach what I told you to preach. So in that moment, I will never forget. I went to my wife and I said, Babe, how am I gonna get? I started living. I'm like, how am I gonna do this? God told me to do this. How am I gonna do this? You know what I said, you know what happened, how am I gonna do it? She's like, babe, it's okay. Two twos. When I had just literally complained and said what I did to my wife, we get a message from Helen and Richard letting us know that without in vitro, without anything on the outside, come on somebody, that she was pregnant, come on somebody. tell this story all over look so Jesus so then now I show up on Sunday you think I was able to preach I showed up on Sunday and I'll never forget that moment being able to declare this out loud and the church and everyone who was there heard the testimony about Helen and I got to preach with the greatest example right there in the house come on somebody and when I thought God had said no, come on somebody. God said, 
I haven't prevented it. I'm just preparing for the greatest example. Come on, somebody. So that all around the world, come on. You heard a testimony today. Someone said that the word was declared that for wombs to be open and they were able to get pregnant. After This is what God has continuously done. Come on, somebody. And I know that not everybody, this isn't your story. And I understand that there's difficulty. But can we celebrate the fact that God is able to open barren wombs? Come on, somebody. And when people say no, our limitations are nothing for our God all God required of them in between the promise that he told them and bringing it to pass was for them to let's get it on that's all he said he said y'all just trust and obey are y'all hearing me on today trust and obey trust and obey look at somebody tell them trust and obey trust and obey trust and obey it's it's imperative I remember this song when I was growing up says when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way while we do his good will he abides with us and with all who will trust and obey and then the chorus says you know it says trust and obey for there's no other way yes church to be happy in jesus but to trust and can we sing it one more good time trust and obey say trust and obey for there's no other way for there's no other to be happy say to be happy in G but to trust but to trust and guess when she had the child she has the child on Christmas Day. Look, 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 look. I know someone's there, and Jesus wasn't actually born on that day. Bun you, okay? I mean, stop trying to rob the story, okay? Move from here. It's incredible that God made it come around. And the baby that they said would not even show up, he showed up and we end up calling him Bubba because he came out big. Come on, somebody. I want show, show in fact, I got a picture of, the, of them on the screen. Is that good? Look at that family. Look at that child. Can we just celebrate them today? Come on, can we I want to show them this? I want you. Come on, clap and celebrate God. Come on, can we celebrate the miracle? The miracle? Isn't he so cute? Lord, his name's Josiah. Come on, we celebrate. Right. I thank you. You're able. I just caught a glimpse. Somebody ought to praise him because if he can do it for them, he can do it for your bills. He can do it for your relationships. He can do it. I don't know what God has promised you, but I dare you to give him the thanks in advance. He's able to do exceedingly 
loudly come on above all that we could ask or think somebody's showing up today and you're saying how do you know it not only did he do it in my life but over 2,000 years ago come on when sin was an obstacle and the devil was looking at the world and saying that it's over for you I serve a God who put on flesh who came down through 40 and two generations who lived perfectly they hung him high on an old rugged cross they stretched him wide he hung his head and then he died but bright and early he got up with all power in his hands on the third day come on and because he got up i can get up because he got up i can get up you ought to look at a neighbor and tell them neighbor because he got up you can get up doesn't matter what you're going through because he got up if he said it i believe it and that settles it that settles it look at another neighbor tell him that settles it that settles it that settles it if he said it if he said it if he said it even the babies will praise him if he said hey hey that's a miracle baby right there that's a miracle baby praising him right there when the doctor said no god said yes because all things are possible hey to him that believes all things come on celebrate with baby ava come on i call her favor because she has favor all things all things all things all things all things are possible all things are possible
somebody ought to run. Somebody ought to give him the thanks. I know that it will. I know that it will be. I know that it will. I know that it will be. I know that it will. I know that it will be. All right. Somebody declare it. I know that it will. I know that it will be. I know that it will. I know that it will be. I know that it will. I know that it will declare it. All right. Come on, say. so crazy man I mean because I mean, he has done so many good things people looking down about you know these people man they too they're too excited listen man I got stuff to be excited about well, don't you know look at look around where look at what's happening listen man I serve a God that's greater than what's happening around me I'm gonna declare that on his word that everything it's going to be all right. Because not even death is the end. <laughs> For our Savior. Glory to his name. Well, you've heard this word. If this word was a blessing to you, go ahead and put those ads together. And give the Lord the praise and the thanks. And so someone today, you're saying, you know, I don't know the Lord. And I don't have a relationship with this God that you're saying everything is going to be all right. I don't know him. I'm not in relationship with him. Well, even as you saw seven and today and makes actually 44 this year who have gone all the way with Jesus in baptism, 30 additional people who
who have recommitted their lives to the Lord and have said that they're coming back home, there is still room at the foot of the cross for you. And so I don't know why you came and how you came today, but I invite you to trust Christ today. The Bible makes it clear that in order to begin relationship with him, that we have to, number one, repent. Someone say repent. Which means that we acknowledge that we are sinners, that we are separated from God, that we are headed for hell, aside from God and through Christ. And then we turn and we believe. Someone say believe. believe. I believe that you came. I believe you died. I believe that you rose from death with all power. And I put my trust in you as my Lord and my Savior. As my daughter says, the boss of my life. And when you put your trust in him, then you seal it in the water and be baptized. And so if somebody today, if you don't know him, if you are not in relationship with him, and today is your day, you're saying, I'm not going to leave this place. I'm not going to leave this place. Thank you. Without making that decision to trust him today. I want to call you to repent, believe, and be baptized. Or if you're someone who has run away from Christ, I'm not talking about you, you know, gave your life to him. You made a mistake and then now, you know, you made a mistake and now you got to, you want to, you know, come back and, and, um, you know, today I need to become a believer again. No, don't work like that. I'm talking about you left. You went out in the world. You've been following yourself yet again. You might have been in a false religion or something of this nature and turned away and, and, you know, all of this. And today you're saying, I want to come back home. So whether you're repenting, believing, and being baptized for the first time, or you're coming back home, I want to call you to trust Christ. We're going to end around the Lord's table as we do every week, but I want to call you to trust Christ. And so, uh, in the house, on the seat back in front of you, there is a connection card, and uh, there's a QR code you can scan and get to the connection card. If you're listening online via podcast, you can go to servecity.ca forward slash connection card. Um, also, you know, and, and let us know about the decision that you have made to trust Christ, to follow him, to repent, believe and be baptized. And we will connect with you and we will um, we will help you take those next steps. Glory to our God.